We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, And I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the Wombo Combo Podcast. I'm Breaking CPK, as always, joined by BSJ. And uh, this week, uh, not not a whole lot necessarily happening, but definitely looking forward to talking some more competitive Dota 2 and uh, having some good discussion. So happy to have you with us. With that in mind, BSJ, how are you doing, buddy? Not so bad, not so bad. Ready to, ready to talk some dotes. I talked a lot yesterday, though. I had uh, four <laughs> coaching sessions. That's like a record for me in terms of like, I usually don't accept that many, but I wow. kind of, this weird predicament happened where I ended up getting four. And me talking for like six plus hours, uh, that's... That's even more than I'm used to handling. So, on the mend today, just had myself some nice tea and uh, ready to talk some more. All right. Well, you know, I'll say this. Uh, I actually was tuning into your stream uh, yesterday um, uh, during some of those coaching sessions. I got to say, man, you're, you're, you're an awesome coach. I, I like how you don't hold back in terms of criticism. Uh, you're not afraid to, to tell them when they're, they're clearly doing something wrong, and I'm sure, I'm sure that they learn from it. So, yeah, I hope um, so. That's the goal, at least. Yeah, no, we won't tell anyone that you paid me behind the scenes to say this, but no, uh, no, BS Days. <laughs> that wasn't in the script. I don't know why uh, you damn it. that part. No, but uh, on the real, though, it, it was actually really cool to tune into, and I definitely picked up some tips myself um, cool. listening that's, in. Well, that's as, why I do it yeah. on stream. I'm hoping that not just the person I'm coaching, uh, you know, learns something from it. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, cool stuff there. All right, again, as far as our show, though, goes this week, like I said, not necessarily a whole lot taking place. Uh, we, of course, got ESL happening, uh, several regions, some interesting results. So, we'll, we'll get into that uh, shortly here. We'll also talk about the uh, Chinese Dota 2 League, uh, professional league that's been happening, officially wrapped up as well, and the team that won that event. So, we'll go over that. Uh, and also, we figured, uh, you know, there there is a there's another pretty hype competitive game coming out tomorrow specifically one that i i am somewhat excited for as well uh valorant of course i'm talking about uh but what i'm getting at here is that kind of making some uh some points in terms of the success of dota 2 specifically focused on the competitive scene and maybe what other games like valorant could certainly learn from dota 2 and the positives that uh that the game has obviously helped to foster and develop its competitive scene for for so many years so well, we'll have some good discussion there, I'm sure, uh, in the later part of the show as well. But uh, first things first, kicking off with ESL, as mentioned. So the region, regions, even you could say that certainly are the hype one. Uh, Europe and CIS, of course. We are Wait, in the- wait what? Oh. Well, yeah, okay. Well, sorry, we sorry, could start there. Again, there I'm are some interesting kidding. results there. No, but we'll, we'll start with Europe and CIS. Believe it or not, probably a little more interest in those regions, despite the bias here. Um, you have, again, it was four teams from each group advancing onto the playoffs, and then they play this double elimination playoff. So we take a look how it's shaping up so far. Secret, no surprise, the top dogs. They did finish with that 6-1 record. Uh, again, they, they did end up losing in the group stages to a team unique, so that's take that how you will, uh, but ultimately get in that first place seed. And they're going to have their matchup against Alliance. VP Prodigy continues to be hot themselves. They, of course, are coming off uh, some recent success. And they take Group B, actually, over teams like Alliance, uh, Hellraiser, Fly to Moon, uh, OG, including in that, by the way, who did not do too well down there in Group B, finishing with that 1-6 and six record. So the OG roster may be back, but clearly some kinks and uh, so, some, some things to figure out. Granted, they are playing with their issues there. So all that, all that information absorbed. BSJ, what's uh, what are you taking from all this? Yeah, I'm a broken record, man. I watched mid one stream today. I can only handle it for about thirty seconds. I, I literally watched because he's playing on EU on his stream, like so he's playing on like 180 ping while he's streaming, and I guess he's practicing. And I'm watching his laning mechanics, and I've watched mid one before, and like he's a god, you know, like his mechanics are just godly. I watched him for like a minute and a half, and I watched him Papega like seven things in one and a half, in like a minute and a half. I think I've seen him do less Papega moves in the course of twenty games, you know, than I saw him do in like a minute and a half. So yeah. I just, I just want to say like people trash on OG. I I take absolutely, I I've been asked a lot over the course of the last week. That's kind of why I'm mentioning this. I take absolutely, like I don't take any impression from what's happening to them here. Like I still fully believe in that roster. I don't learn anything from what's happening in this tournament on the other hand though a lot of teams you know like the i like to see team enigma get back uh nice to see team liquid squeeze on by uh navi kind of continues to disappoint you know none of these other teams really have you know excuses or reasons you know that they would be underperforming so um i i i've been keeping a general like i've been trying to keep an eye out on these games uh, in terms of like who's winning and such but like in terms of time amount to watch Dota, I haven't had the chance. Like obviously, I did when I was watching when I was casting uh, the first ESL. Uh, in terms of like the overall meta, it looks like it's similar heroes uh, when you look at like the Dota buff stats and stuff. But um, 
it's crazy how quickly things change. Like, uh, I think there's certain heroes that are going to be coming back, and I'm wondering how long it might be until they do a competitive. My my boy Lifestealer, I think he's back. Uh, I think that hero's back. We'll just have to see. That's my that's my sh- sleeper pick of the week. That's your one bold statement you got going on right yeah. there, okay? I, I did pull up the Dota buffs, as you said. That Lifestealer doesn't have a lot of uh, appearances. Only six times no. played uh, throughout all these regions in the event so far, but... You think life slurs back? Okay, it's. Uh, I'm saying I just realized it like two days ago. So <laughs> I'm saying like, like okay, I just want to say little changes and patches make a huge difference. And when you change boots to be percent movement speed to flat, and a hero like Life Stealer who has rage, which gives you percent sure. movement speed, I was like, yeah, he has like an extra nine movement speed when he's rage. I was like, that's just free. You know, like, that was just a buff to this hero that wasn't mentioned. And then there were a couple other mechanics that helped him as well. But, like, I was just thinking, I was like, Slark and Lifestealer feel better now. And I couldn't really come up with any, like, reason other than that, where it's, like, all these heroes that have percent movement speed, Slark from his ultimate, Lifestealer from his rage. If you look at the patch notes when they worked all that shit, um, almost every hero that had some sort of percent-based movement speed buff got nerfed, like, to Mm -hmm. match the boots change. So I just think it's fascinating. I think these heroes that were previously getting kited like just don't get kited nearly as easily. So uh, we'll see how it pans out. I, I called Bounty Hunter offlane for a while, and nobody, refu- everyone refused to pick it. So I'm always willing to be wrong, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. So keep an eye out for that. But, uh, yeah, again, as far as the results are speaking, like, yeah, to get my take real quickly on the OG situation, I, I'm a little I, – I understand, of course, that point. And, yes, they are playing with these handicaps here. But, you know, you know, if we're gonna we're gonna sit here and hype up a team like Team Secret and talk about the, the success that they've been having, and you know, yes, there's maybe a little bit of an asterisk that there's been online matches, but still, they're playing against top tier talent right now, at least in the European CIS regions. And you know, why can't it be the other direction with a team like OG, right? You know, we, we got to be at least fair in that aspect as well. Now, I'm not saying the team needs to blow up by any means, but with the hype that they, especially they brought with Thompson being back, you you would have certainly hoped for a better performance. It, this is definitely a team and a roster, even with the, the the issues that they're dealing with, that could have at least finished top four uh, in that group. Again, we're talking about teams like Fly to Moon, Hellraiser, Cyber Legacy, all finishing ahead of them pretty decisively even. So, um, yeah, well, it, it's sure. They are now back together, and of course, some more events to come. We'll keep an eye on how they do, but uh, slightly concerning. A little bit more for me than uh, maybe for you, I guess you could say. So, I'm just telling you, I, I was living in Arizona for six years. There was a long period of time where I asked myself, why am I losing my lane to all these guys in the side lane? I feel like I'm a pretty decent player. I feel like I'm supposed to know what I know what I'm doing in these lanes, et cetera, et cetera. And then I couldn't figure it out. And I kind of just gave up. I'm a shitty laner. That's what I kind of <laughs> thought to myself. And then I came and stayed with Kali in New York for a month. And I won 90% of my lanes. What was the difference? I was on 20 ping instead of 85. Sure. So what I'm saying is if he's on 180 ping, and he's your offlaner, he's basically donating free farm to the opponent carry every single game. Like, that's what he's doing. It mainly affects your laning stage. Like, yeah, it affects, like, other things too. But, like, if you're both trying to contest CS and all this kind of shit, all these, like, little micro movements back and forth in the laning stage, you're basically handing their opponent carry free farm. And I win and lose games based on my lane performance. And that's why I just want to be clear. Like, I'm not, that's, I'm pretty, I'm pretty fucking, you know, passionate about this in terms of, like, wow it really blew my mind how big of a difference that made to me so i can only fathom like 
what it's like to play on 180 ping. And when I say yeah. fathom, I mean, I will never do it. So, uh, no, thank you. Obviously, but, uh, eat, go ahead. Well, it is a handicap. Again, there, there is no doubt in that. It is whenever that, that topic is brought, and I, I know we've actually talked about this before. Uh, maybe it was based on them a little bit while back, but I always think about the name. This goes back to my Han days, but there's a Han player by the name of Slicks. He plays from Australia. He was constantly playing with 200 plus MS. He was known as one of, if not one of the best Han players that we that we saw as a core player. So now in his case, he was practiced on that because that's what he had to do, right? So I do understand that aspect to it. Mid one isn't necessarily, in the lately he's been maybe, as you said, playing on European servers, trying to get some practice in. It's not like he's been living that uh, for a very long time. But I, 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 I ask you an honest question, Break. I, I want to I want to interrupt you so you can finish sure. your thought with my question in mind here. What do you think of the average skill level of gamers at that period of time compared to now? <laughs> Uh, I mean, okay, yeah, obviously I'm not going to sit here and say the talent pool of Han players at that time was as good as it is nowadays. Everything has certainly developed, so. What I'm saying is ping only matters if both players are of somewhat equal caliber of skill. Sure. And one guy has no ping and the other guy has ping. Like, if you place mid one on 180 ping against a bunch of 6Ks, he's going to shit on him, right? Like, that's what's going to happen. He's going to shit on him. But, like... These other teams, they're not some garbage players. Like, yeah, obviously they're, you know, worse than OG. But, like, any player of these players' caliber will dumpster you in lane if they have 20 ping and you have 108. Like, that's just – so all I'm saying is back then, I believe that that player, Slicks, was incredibly skilled. And I also believe that, like, the overall skill level of everyone else was just lower. So his ping, like, handicap was overcomable. Like, that's what I – that's what I would it's argue, fair. but there's obviously no, you know, proof or whatever. Well, it's, you know, not to go too much in it, but that kind of is the whole uh, discussion with World of Warcraft, another game that I have history with, where you talk about classic World of Warcraft, and people are trying to discuss, like, oh, the classic, classic, it was so hard to raid back in the days. No, it's just really that players just sucked balls back then, <laughs> and they really did not know what they were doing when it came to an MMORPG for the most case, and I was one of those players, and I think we've realized that now, classic is out, so yeah, that, that's kind of, an, so I guess I am going to agree with you certainly on that on that yeah, point it's funny the he, people grow as like it's amazing how other people help you grow right like a lot of my growth as a player has been other people broadcasting their material and me being able to like study and watch them and shit it's just like back then the age of information of like you know watching other players to learn from everyone was on their own little journey right like mm-hmm. they couldn't they couldn't learn from anyone else they just had to pick up whatever they could and whenever they could so <laughs> i just think it's crazy how big of a difference it has made in gaming where like if one person learns how to raid really well, all it takes is a, everyone watching that guy, and then yeah, true. they'll be at least you know better than they were before, you know. So it's just I think that's crazy. But I, well, obviously we could talk about this for for hours. Yeah, the the access has certainly helped the development of everyone uh, yeah. for the for the better. So all right, but yeah, point is okay. Definitely a handicap. I will not disagree to that uh, when it comes to mid one specifically and. What, what he is dealing with there. But um, as far as results go, again, so you got the four teams from each group. Like I said, Secret versus Alliance going to be a fun first uh, upper round matchup there. But my boys Liquid, they, they are still in it. They got bumped to the lower bracket off the bat. Uh, they're going to be playing against Hellraisers in their first round matchup. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that. That starts, I believe, the playoffs start tomorrow as we're recording this podcast and goes throughout this weekend of the weekend. So certainly something to follow there. 
uh, from the European CIS region. There's $200,000 on the line, so some solid money for an online tournament uh, that includes the uh, European CIS region. So definitely playing for a bit on top of, uh, as always, pride is, is there. Um, let's take a look at uh, North America, South America. So the hype one here. Um, you know, we, we yes, discussed... Hype. We discussed it a little bit last week as far as the perhaps expected results, and it kind of played out a little bit maybe, but uh, the surprise you could say is Evil Geniuses going with that 2-3 and three record in the group stages. They did move on to the playoffs. Again, it's only six teams, but uh, four of the six advancing on to the playoffs. But yeah, EG, 2-3 and three record, crazy. Actually going 5-0 and oh with a 10-3 and three individual game record, so they continue to play pretty well. Uh, Team Crazy right there with their roster, Skitter, Brile, Keizu, Aoi, and Moon Meander. I mean, that's that's a roster that kind of came up more recently, and they're, uh, they're they're looking like the strong NA team right now. Yeah, man. Uh, like we said a couple weeks back, bringing some Europeans, you're good to go. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've been, watch- I've been enjoying watching them play. I think, uh, I think they're good at doing some wonky stuff, and even as simple as, like, Moon Meander's just been playing four position sniper every damn game or so, like unless it's banned. That hero's cancer, by the way. It's actually legit. <laughs> yeah. You know, for anyone watching, it's not a meme. It's definitely annoying <laughs> as hell if you know how to play it. So the weird ways that Dota has taken us, you know. You uh, my main point I have about the NA region is a freaking four position sniper, you know. What <laughs> that's uh never thought I'd say that, you know. That's one of those, uh, it it feels like it ruins your pub games type hero positions, right? Where this, because uh, these top teams ran it, you're like, all of a sudden, oh, I can do that. And support Invoker was the same way. You know, I, I, now with Support Invoker, I, I'm actually one of those guys that's like, hey, I got to play Support Invoker now. And, you know, maybe it doesn't go too well. I, I can understand falling into that trap, but I've had some support sniper games uh, that I've been a part of, not as the sniper, but with them. And you're just like, what are you doing, dude? You, you don't know what, what you're actually doing with this. It doesn't work that way. So, yeah. It can, like, the thing that I've realized is, is just as important as it is to play a hero, it's very important to figure out how to play against it. It took me maybe four or five games against a sniper support where I was like, hmm, I guess this is the type of hero I need to be in lane and in game to deal with this hero. And it's like, it leaves me with like four or five carries I'll ever pick because like any other carry, the rest of the game, you just get Axe after ultied and die. You know, you're like, well, shit. (laughs) So it's just funny that uh, I kind of got my own glimpse of like what it's like in competitive for a team to to just bring out some strat that nobody's ever seen before. And even if the strat isn't the best strat in the game, it might be better than any other strategy if nobody's ever played against it. A lot of Dota is, you know, the experience and understanding of what to do against a certain lineup or whatever. So um, I just think it's cool. I think that, that that kind of stuff for me is always cool. And part of why Dota as a game, something we can, you know, lead into later in this in this segment here, uh, I think as a competitive scene, it's just always ever dynamic. You know, there's never a time where you stop learning, stop trying new things, so. Yeah. So yeah, the NASA region got those four teams. Like I said, they they too, I believe, are going to kick it off tomorrow as we're recording this. Or actually, no, a couple days from now, but only four teams, unlike the eight in the other one. But uh, that'll play out, and they themselves are playing for a $40,000 prize pool, so still some solid money on the line there. But yeah, crazy. We'll see if they can keep up that momentum that they've uh, certainly had recently here. Um, And then that leaves us with China, so might as well just uh, quickly go over that. You got... 
Uh, LGD and Invictus Gaming are going to be matching up, and then C-Deck and Royal Never Give Up in the other matchup going to the playoffs. Uh, LGD, which kind of a spoiler too, uh, they, they, they have finally found a bit of a groove. Uh, it's online play, but hey, it's something. A team that's been struggling this season, to say the least. Uh, they won the China Dota 2 Pro League, and now here they are uh, qualifying first out of their group in this one. So may- maybe LGD is back in the China region. I always hope for them. That's always nice to see top tier players back in form. It's like the only people we get to watch play tier one level Dota. So I'm looking forward to seeing their progress as it comes along. This is kind of a, okay, you've got my attention now. Let's uh, see with what you do. Let's see what you do with it next kind of thing. Absolutely. So yeah, not, not too much else to go over on that aspect. As mentioned, they did also win the uh, China Dota 2 Pro League. So they defeated Invictus Gaming. In those grand finals, uh, three to one action in the best of five. It was a couple of days ago, I believe, uh, May thirty first. There, so yeah, uh, yesterday even. So, um, congrats to them again. Looking like, uh, yeah, we'll see how they continue that momentum out of the China region um, themselves. So, there's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get it on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24-7, or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And live right now on BetOnline's YouTube channel, you'll find an exclusive interview with ex-Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling The Final Dance. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. Might as well go over a couple of odds ourselves, talk about uh, what we think and how they're, how they're looking here. So we'll start, uh, we'll start strong here. We'll start with got Team Liquid, as mentioned. They're, they're going up in the lower bracket against Hellraisers. It's a... 3.00 for Hellraisers and 1.35 for Liquid. So it is favoring Liquid uh, fairly heavily, you could say, for a playoff match. But Hellraisers is a team that's they've kind of been one of these dark horse CIS teams, I feel like, as of late. They, they've done solid enough. And, of course, in this case, even qualifying for the playoffs. So um, what do you feel about those odds there? Like I said, it's always tough to bet on the favorite. But I, I, I do agree that Liquid is a pretty heavy favorite. So that one's really close for me. I think those odds are very appropriate. I'd probably take Liquid, though. Yeah, this is one of those uh, I'm almost scared on how good it is as far as a, the favorite towards Liquid for obvious reasons. Yeah. But I, 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 I am going to agree with you. I am going to go with Liquid in this one. 1.35, still something to be had there. And you, you got to have confidence that this team – has uh, found some uh, some momentum themselves recently, and certainly should beat a team like Hellraisers in in, in your best of the three. So Hellraisers is funic, right? I'm not crazy. Uh, let me double check on that before I say yes. I believe so. But uh, yep, it's Nix, Kasani, Funix, okay. Funic, and Roger Maposhka. All I know is I watch Funix team, and it's him picking Timbersaw and losing like every single game I ever watch. So. <laughs> It's kind of interesting to me, you know, teams like that. Obviously, they're in the top four, so they're not terrible. I've not, I never thought they were a terrible team. I just think by chance, you know, people will say, BSJ, I'm tuning into your stream and you're always losing, you know. I'm like, well, I guess you tune into the one game of the day I lose every time. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but I, I, it's just funny. I, I, every time I think of Hellraisers, on a very small side note, I'm always like, that's the team that picks Timbersaw and loses. 
<laughs> oh, sorry. I'd be curious to look up their win rate with Timbersaw, but uh, yeah, good stuff from. We'll see. If, we'll see if that's a hero that they choose tomorrow in that matchup against uh, against Liquid yes, and prove you wrong. Yes, even tilt the odds even more so in Liquid's favor. <laughs> if they pick Timbersaw, yeah, it just all of a sudden takes off. Take the BSJ seal of approval on on that one. There you go. You got it. You got it going there. Uh, another big matchup, of course, one that we mentioned. Now, this is very interesting, but you know, take it how you will. Secret versus Alliance. Obviously, Secret is the favorite. And boy, do I mean favored, according to these odds. 1.09 to 6.40. I mean, this is, this is Alliance we're talking about. This isn't, you know, a, a team that you just expect them to roll over necessarily. Alliance is certainly a very quality team. But the Midnight.com odds, now for good reason, I think you could say, because if we talked about it, it was last week's show, I think, or the week before, Secret's on a hell of a streak as of late, man. They are looking very good the last 100 matches, some of the best we've ever seen. In Dota 2. But these are some damn favorable odds, BSJ. Um, are those odds, are there also odds for who takes the series? So I believe these are series odds. These um, are series Yes. Odds. Now, okay. you can break it down by map. So, I mean, yeah, there's yeah, that too. Yeah, I got you. I got you. I was just curious. So these are series odds. That would definitely be a series that, like, as a gambler myself, I'd put, a, like, $2 on Alliance <laughs> and be like, if I win, I get free dinner. If I lose... You know, whatever. whatever it made the city. Yeah, it made the I lose a candy money. bar. Yeah, I paid two dollars to get more entertainment. That's like usually how I look at those types of series. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever bet on a team, not because I don't think they're that favored, but like, why would I ever bet you know a dollar to win nine cents? You know, that's just my <laughs> personal opinion. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Nothing's on the line, you know. Everything to lose, nothing to win. While sure. it's like I've got barely nothing to lose and everything to win. You know, I'm sure that's what people who do lottery tickets do too, but. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm not saying that's necessarily right, but that's how I would look at it. Yeah, the entertainment. It's the, the there are those that definitely have that mentality of it's free money, even if it's 1.09. You know, they're just going to win, right? So no matter yeah. how much you put, you just you're going to get at least some kind of return. So I, I do understand that logic, but I'm with you, man. This is one of those I would I would bet a little bit on the more lighter side, but definitely go alliance, right? Like this. Ah. I would be the guy that's like waiting in that series in Twitch chat where if Alliance just somehow wins, I haven't said anything throughout the course of the entire series. And I'd say secret better fan straights kick W, you know, at the end of the series as Alliance takes it, you know, that's, I'd be spamming that shit, you know, I'd be one of those guys in chat. I don't know if you've ever seen those guys, but uh, that's what it's all about. You're not even doing it for like the $15. You're doing it for the, for the Keck W's you can give to all the other people that lost money while you, while you believed in the TI three champions, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Let, let's head over to, for our last one here, the NA South America region, in this case, NA, um, as far as the matchup goes, we have evil geniuses taking on business associates. Now, again, really interesting here is, as I just mentioned, EG, they have a two and three record in the group stages. Now, granted, that's also what business associates had. They were also two and three with the same six and seven individual game record. Uh, and it is worth reiterating. Evil Geniuses is, of course, playing with a couple stand-ins, Ryoya and Bulba specifically. But uh, that matchup taking place, um, the odds there are EG 1.69 to business associates 2.08. So a little bit closer. Definitely solid odds on both teams, but it does slightly favor EG in that case, even despite business associates winning their group stage match. So take that into consideration. 
Yeah, I might. That's a close one too. I'd probably take. E, I'd probably take business associates on that one. I think EG looks kind of shaky, and uh, obviously with two standings, that's a factor. But that I don't care about excuses when it comes to betting odds. I just care about whether or not I think those reasons that they're playing worse will apply to this series. And I think. Uh, I think Ryoya is really good in a game where his lane's good. And I think uh, any other games, he can be a bit underperforming. Like, he's not very good otherwise. And with Bulba, I think uh, he has a version of this NA syndrome that we all have in NA. But I think Bulba really encompasses a lot of NA even more so than most NA players. And this syndrome is, this is how the game was supposed to go. And if it doesn't go perfectly, I'm still going to go. I'm still going to play the game like it went perfectly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Adapting I, isn't a thing, really. Yeah, it's just like, if if we were supposed to be up by 5K at 20 minutes, at 20 minutes into the game, I'm going to be playing like I was supposed to, like I'm up 5K at 20 minutes, even if I'm down by 2K, you know? Um, that's my only issue with Bulba as a player in pubs. Uh, I, I feel like, you know, if he's a Necrophos and in a good Necrophos game, he's supposed to be able to just walk down lanes and shove lanes and, you know, tank initiations and shit. He'll do that even if he's not capable of, of tanking that initiation. <laughs> and uh, so like in a really good game, I think Bulba looks really good um, as a player. And I think in a game where shit's kind of gone down, uh, he kind of does the same as like what I think about Ryo when he loses his lane. So I, that's why for me, I think EG has been a bit less consistent with these two stand-ins. And um, I think BA as a team is not flashy. They're not exciting. But I think they'll get the job done. But they got the eternal MB factor. True. That's BA. That's, that's what they got going for them. And, yeah, just, just to reiterate, too, again, the roster of BA, Moo, Eternal Envy, Brack, Snaking, and Fear. Uh, since I know things have changed around a little bit over there, too. So there you go. That matchup, uh, about, well, I guess, for myself. I, again, I, I like the idea of betting for the underdog, usually in this one. So I, I, I hate to sound... You know, as if I'm just agreeing with you always, but I, I am going to agree with you here. Definitely, it's it's sound logic. So you're allowed uh, to have your own opinion, Brady. <laughs> I don't want to. Tell me what to okay. do, VSJ. Uh, business enough. associates. No, I I, I I would definitely put it on them though, because if anything, this is a very close potential matchup. But you certainly are getting the better odds with BA uh, at that 2.0 weight there. So there you go. Again, check it out, guys. Midnight.com if you would like. So. That takes us into uh, our discussion to be had, as far as mentioned earlier. Um, obviously, Dota 2 has uh, definitely been around for a while now. You could say almost coming up in 10 years. Uh, obviously, it was supposed to have TI-10 coming up shortly here, but circumstances happening. But point is, it's had a very successful lifespan, and especially with a game like Valorant coming out tomorrow, uh, it's supposed to be a very competitive, focused game from the very beginning. Of course, Riot, the team behind it, and they've certainly had their own success. Not, not that I want to... <laughs> it's always funky, right? The idea of... Like, talking about Han is one thing. I come from that game, and I think Han and Dota 2 are, are a lot more similar, of course. But you mentioned League of Legends, and people just cringe, and then there's people that are like, how dare you say those words? Uh, but whether or not you like the game, Riot has done an amazing job in terms of having a great competitive scene themselves with League of Legends. So they certainly have their own uh, lessons that they can learn from to help with Valorant. But uh, at, this, at the other side of it, too, there is plenty that Dota 2 has done that you would hope not only Valorant, other games in general, but again, this being the hot one that's coming out tomorrow, like I said, um, 
potentially may follow if they want to be successful. So, um, yeah, as far as uh, off the bat, it, there's one to me as uh, somebody that's more on the spectating side, and I think nowadays more and more games are starting to understand, is some kind of spectating slash replay system to take advantage of. Dota 2 did that phenomenal off the bat with Dota TV. Of course, they had it with the HLTV side of things too, but they did a great job of implementing it. And the idea as just a simple player, I could just go into a game any game really that I want, whether it's competitive or even my friends playing, and watch their game with my control from their perspective, etc. It's phenomenal. Having that control is amazing, and I definitely think it's something that these games need to make sure that they have um, at a very basic level when it comes to uh, focusing competitive side. So, anything uh, at a follow up to that or? No, I think the replay system is really important. I didn't think about it coming into this conversation, but yeah, I, I completely agree. It's something that I personally know I've taken for granted um, simply because I've never played a game that I wanted replays of and didn't have them. So <laughs> since I've been playing Dota for, you know, what, seven or eight years now, um, definitely a big deal for me that uh, we have that. I just don't always think about its importance because it's a privilege I've had my entire career. Well, and, uh, well, real quick, I was even thinking about that. And as I mentioned, I was watching your stream yesterday with your coaching. Like, the idea of even something like that, right? Like coaching wouldn't oh, even absolutely. be possible <laughs> if, if oh, we, we didn't have the easier of the tools. So that's just oh, another I mean, aspect. Coaching I mean, would be possible. It would just have to be live. A lot more the difficult. The thing yeah. about live coaching is that there's plenty of games in Dota where you just can't really learn too much from them, right? Because some crazy bad thing happened or somebody griefed the game or whatever and i used to do live coaching and that was a problem where like one out of four of the games would just be some guy feeding down mid or something and i'm like i guess i'll spend an extra 20 minutes with you to make up for that game and it's like that doesn't feel good um so yeah from that perspective it's great um as somebody who was trying to get better at dota over time that was great to watch pro players replace from their perspective that was incredible um i think taking like the best of both worlds from games that are currently popular. I think there's a lot of things league has going for them, mainly the like system they have for leagues and like constantly, um, you know, the seasons that they got going. I think that's like really important. Obviously Dota's kind of adapting that itself, or at least trying to next year, whenever that may be. Um, but I think with Dota, the big thing for me that really stands out against other games like league is the, the hero diversity. There's really no end to the level of creativity that is left by the balancing of Dota. I think from what I've seen in a lot of other games, they're very extreme with their balancing. And I think in Dota, the way that it is balanced is so perfect. Like for me, I, I think that's the reason why Dota is the game it is, amongst other things, is the level of balancing and the method they go about balancing the game. Most notably, like a hero super busted, nerf it just a little bit. You know, people still pick it every game, nerf it just a little bit more. And it's like, mm -hmm. eventually, it won't be good enough, but it'll still be viable. Like, it's not good enough to, you know, pick it every game, but it'll still be viable. And even though there's always going to be this, there's absolutely no way to, like, balance 120 characters. There's going to be 20 or so that hardly ever get picked. There's going to be another 20 or so that get picked a lot. I don't think there's really any way around that. But the fact that like almost every major Dota 2 tournament has like 100 plus heroes picked or banned every every time, like especially at TI level of a caliber tournament, this whole idea of like anything can work 
leave it up to the creativity in the minds of the people playing your game. I think that's something that league really doesn't do that well. And I would hope that newer games as they come out, if anything, Dota can have a lasting impact on the future of esports in that regard. That's like a big thing for me about Dota that makes Dota what it is. Yeah. So to kind of follow up on that even a little further is it's they're also Dota's not been afraid to make changes. If anything, no, though, it's it's in sections, though, right? Like, yes, there's minor patches here and there that will happen, you know, with even like uh, two weeks later, as you said, to make some minor adjustments, realizing, OK, maybe whatever hero was a little too powerful. But then there's the big patches that take place after ideally a set of tournaments happen or it, when there's that broken down time right where that's ideally going to give people at least a week or two to practice on it and then play some more so um yeah i I definitely with you there that's something that a lot of these uh games that are going to be focusing on the competitive side they want to ideally have that diversity and we know there's other games out there that (laughs) overwatch is definitely one of those that comes to mind where you get a very very stale meta as far as the characters that are selected in those games and it is an issue <laughs> as both a absolute... it makes it terrible to watch like who wants to watch the same thing over and over again and as a player and, and i was gonna say yeah. that but also as a player right like if you're still playing the same thing over and over again that it's it's not necessarily the most exciting thing so um now again it, we are ta- we're comparing a lot of these different kind of games so yes moba MOBA is, of course, one thing. Now, comparing it to an Overwatch, or in this case, a Valorant, as we're talking about with them coming out, there's a little more limit in terms of the amount of selection that you do have. So that's understandable, right? That obviously they can't be as diverse, at least initially. But I, I am with you totally that do not be afraid to make changes. Make changes when when it's called for. It's in Overwatch's case, frankly, and we'll see with Valorant coming out. I feel like the designers behind the games have been very hesitant. They went, oh, well, we need more data. And then there's also that idea, right, of, well, we don't want to ruin it for the casual player base, but we understand it's maybe not the greatest for the competitive. And then you kind of get that side of it, too. It's, well, then where do we find this balance between the casual and the competitive side? So, hey, Dota 2, in my mind, has been a competitive game from the very beginning, and I think that's been shown with Ice Frog and crew. Uh, and with Valorant, especially in how much they're pushing it to be a competitive game, I would hope that is something that they take seriously and uh, are willing to balance focusing on the competitive side, certainly. So uh, definitely with you there as far as what others can learn. Um, I think, I guess, I guess one other one that's... Uh, one of the one that, that is it, it's there's there's definitely more conversation to be had on and not to draw on too long but the idea of allowing third party organizations to support your game uh, whether that's in Counter Strike case like a Face It or you know that even support the matchmaking side of it but also the tournaments Dota Two has always been about embracing community sometimes you know for. I don't want to say for the worst, but it's obviously drawn some controversy in some avenues. But overall, I definitely think that's been very, very helpful in terms of the success of Dota 2 over the years, allowing the community to host their events, wherever it may be, but then also putting on your own. Um, That's where I'm a little bit concerned with a game like Valorant, that it is going to be limited down the line. Now, Riot has stated initially that community events can be hosted, but... That's just initially. We'll see uh, what what happens as time goes on for them. But I, I do think that, that that's one thing that I think allowing community to, to run their events uh, 
in hand with you with your team or organization is is important. Yeah, I can get behind that. I uh, yeah, I actually have nothing to add to that. I just agree with you. I think that aspect of it is is so different from game to game, as well as like how each organize like how each game creator goes about approaching it. So I, I, it's not something I usually think about too much because as a player or like a streamer, that side of it isn't something you interact with, but it's something you obviously feel the impact of. So it's like, it's kind of interesting how esports is like that. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you there. And I think I, all I can say is like every game and every like system we got going for esports right now, there's so much that can change. There's so much like still to be figured out. And with every game, all I hope is that they take pieces of what's already working for other games and then make it their own. I think Dota has been really good about the way they approach the game. You can take whatever hero you're playing, whatever strategy you're going for, and you're working on this innate balance that Dota has, but you kind of just make a hero your own. You know, you make every hero, and people may say, like, this happens in, you know, MMORPGs and stuff, but, (laughs) like... I, in, in most other competitive games, I feel like whatever player, whatever character you're playing, there's like this strictly optimal way to play it, and you just have to master that, you know, in like fighting games and stuff. Master that combo, master sure. that um, series of button pressing. And I think if other games can manage to replicate that aspect of Dota, just like how I think every game should have the way they approach, <laughs> you know, turn organizers and everything, that should be their own thing. But like I think in the actual gameplay itself, Whenever I talk about other games, I'll always be focused on the gameplay because as at the end of the day, you know, I'm playing these games, you know, 10 hours a day or whatever. So that's all I can ever think about. Whenever I hear something about the rest of Dota, I'm like, but how does it affect the gameplay? <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, it's funny to hear your perspectives because all the things you think about um, are things that are like I know exist, but I just they're not at the forefront of my concern, but they're definitely important. I just think it's funny how even two people, individuals like you and I have such different um, immediate first thoughts mm-hmm. about something like this. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I come from more of the behind the scenes and a spectator. You're certainly more of the player. So it is, uh, it, it's certainly interesting. To a lot hear. of people you got to make happy. <laughs> exactly. There, there That's is what I'm thinking. Yeah. Hey, be, be, being a game designer is not easy. You know, being on that end, is certainly not easy. I, I've been at Don't least be behind that. the scenes, you know, talking with a, uh, uh, several that go through the pains of, well, do this to this hero. Okay, well, we tweaked him a little. Why did you tweak this hero? You should have tweaked it that much. It's like, oh god, now what am I doing? It's it. It could be rough. It could be a rough life. It certainly can be. But no, yeah, the balance side is Dota two. We are spoiled in so many ways. Uh, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I, I think that covers it though. I think uh, that's uh, some good things to let's go takeaways from what's made Dota 2 successful over the years and what other games like Valorant can certainly learn um, with their launch. So obviously best of luck to them. Again, I bring this up. I personally am, am a fan of the game and I, I, I have history with Counter-Strike specifically uh, for, for many, many years. So uh, I, I, I am excited for what Valorant is, is going to bring, but um, I, I, I don't know if I'm very hopeful just yet as far as the success in the competitive scene, unless they definitely make some changes that, again, Dota 2 has had. Specifically on the spectator side, they, they don't even have a very good spectator UI yet, let alone replays in the game. And that's why that was one of the first things that I brought up. And, and kind of making that comparison to League of Legends. Now, I'm not very familiar with League of Legends over the years, frankly, but I do know for a fact that they did not have a replay system in their game 
for I want to say at least six years, maybe yeah, even longer. Long and time. that to me is just what are you doing? You, you need that. That seems like a, yeah, yeah, a there's really no thing. excuse for that one. Yeah. So again, spoiled in, in a lot of ways with Dota two, and thankful that uh, Valve is putting the work for what they've done for the game. So. I think that is a good stopping point, though, BSJ. Good place to wrap up. So, as always, uh, any final words from yourself? Nope. <laughs> I've said enough combined in the last two days. Usually I say probably more in, in our podcast, but I, I was uh, – You've been talking a lot. I've been talking a lot. Let's just leave it at that. So those coaching sessions. About more, more, uh, more Dota next week. All right. So any coaching sessions coming up? Uh, it's almost always on Sunday, but I've also been doing a new series with Ari, the SCA right. host that you see in all the events. He's a, he's a newbie, but uh, honestly, I will say that with the with the whole COVID situation, one cool thing that's happened is there's, I've had a lot of signups of people that didn't previously had time to play Dota, but are super enthusiastic about it. And I don't really mind how like people ask me, BSA, I'm a thousand MMR, you know. Do you mind if I sign up for coaching? And I'm like, I don't care what MMR you are. You pay the money and you're ready to learn. I, I don't care. You know, like yeah. I want people who are enthusiastic about learning the game of Dota. And I will say that some of the people like Ari, their their attitude towards learning the game, it just makes me happy, man. I'm mm-hmm. just like, you know, Dota's a beautiful game. I had a guy that was just like, uh, he his wife. This was my guy yesterday. One of my funniest coaching session signups in my entire career. And he said, you know, my wife is immortal like she's really good at dota and i've never played before and i just started playing about eight months ago and he was oh, telling wow. me all this kind of stuff and i was just like and he's you know he's like 1300 mmr or something and i was just like yeah so man like I, this was like an hour and i was just like hey man like wh- why do you why are you here like why are you actually wanting to get better at dota and he was just like yeah man i just started playing about eight months ago and yada 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 i just love this game man and i was like he's like it's an awesome game and i was like it really is and like cool. for me a lot of the reasons i play dota is it's just an awesome game <clears throat> every time i get upset about bad teammates there's a reason why this game still has me coming back you know it was it was a pretty cool experience the last few weeks for me like i've just had really great students that they just they just want to learn man and dota in that purest form is what it's all about so a lot of people miss that i think dota 2 is a very difficult game to get into there is no if and buts about it um, I, I am thankful that I got into Dota way back when, as as the boomer that I am, because getting into it nowadays is is absolutely it's a very difficult hard, task. Compared to, especially again, there really isn't a tutorial in Dota too. Valve, that's one thing Valve hasn't been the greatest about. But people like True. yourself, VSJ, absolutely. with the with that's the, why, that's why I'm having to make up for their exactly. <laughs> that's that's where you come in uh, with your streams and, and the coaching sessions. So yeah, definitely check it out, guys. Go to a stream if you haven't even heard about that and. Awesome coach. Uh, got, got a vouch here. Um, all right, so you can pay me later after saying that. Yep, yep. Uh, no. Not quite as much. <laughs> we're we're going to wrap up. We're going to wrap up, though, before we get into too much more trouble. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, want to thank you, as always, for tuning in. Really do appreciate it. Shout-out to Midnight.com. Shout-out to you guys. Again, hit that follow button, that sub button, whatever. It supports us and keeps us going. From BSJ, myself, Breaky CPK. Have a good night. We'll see you next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.